Chapter 3. Wonderful Highway It is twisting, convoluted, sometimes dangerous, painfully slow, and the most glorious highway I've ever had the pleasure and sometimes discomfort to drive. Highway 1 winds up the coast of California through some of the most scenic sections of coast one could imagine. I've driven it more times than I can remember, and it still captivates me. From Dana Point to Santa Monica, Highway 1 is a city street, busy and uninteresting. From Santa Monica to Oxnard, it's somewhat scenic as it passes Malibu and the Santa Monica Mountains. Then it gets absorbed by US 101, a more efficient road. However, just past Gaviota, where 101 turns inland, where Southern California becomes Central California, one branches off again, passing through the town of Lompoc, but it doesn't follow the coast again until Pismo Beach. Vandenberg Air Force Base closes a deliciously inviting section of coast to non-military people as Highway 1 skirts the base and attempts to define itself as a route. Then, the real one begins, as it passes from Morro Bay through Big Sur and one of the greatest meetings of land and sea, a place where winter rains often cause slides that close the road for weeks, which is, in my mind, part of the charm, particularly if you know alternative ways to access the coast, so that one can, with some local knowledge and planning, have a section of the highway virtually to oneself. I've done this, and I've written about it, so I won't say much beyond that a winter that causes slides also causes a spring that can be lush and breathtaking. And if you've never had a highway with coastal views all to yourself because most of the road is washed away, you've missed something grand, the opportunity to see things up close that you normally would only see driving hurriedly by. For something like a hundred miles, from Cambria to Carmel, there are no signals, no stop signs, no reason to stop except the fun of visiting the many delightful places along the road, along with the delightful and often unusual people, like the characters you often find at the Henry Miller Library or Nepenthe. Then, in Carmel, you'll have traffic lights, and they should alert you to stop, drive down the hill to the town and to one of the most beautiful beaches in California. Art, food, and perfect beaches make Carmel a place I visited more often than I can remember, a place I never tire of. It's a freeway through most of Monterey County, from Carmel past Old Fort Ord, now a kinder and gentler place with a university and hiking trails, rather than a military base where fresh-faced young men were trained to follow orders, keep their boots polished, and to kill people they'd never met. One can sense the irony while walking through an oak woodland, enjoying the patches of wildflowers. The Santa Cruz-San Mateo coast is one of those wonders, a stretch that people tried for years to develop, but they were stopped by a very active and educated community. Now it is open, scenic, and inviting. There's more public land along this stretch than development. State beaches, parks, open space. It's a place for hikers and surfers and people who want uncrowded beaches. One of the parks, called Coast Dairies, was something we locals fought for and eventually won. Redwoods, rolling hills, birdsong, fog that flows in and then retreats, and the ever-present sound of the surf make this a sane respite from the traffic and stress of the Bay Area just over the hill. Just a mile off the road, 
On the 85 is the San Gregorio store, a great stop on weekends, when local bands play and local people sip beer and just be local color. Devil's Slide has been bypassed by the Tom Lantos tunnels, eight-tenths of a mile plus a thousand-foot bridge, lights and fans leaving the slide a walking trail, a place to get out and stretch before the road enters Pacifica and San Francisco. Highway 1 temporarily ends at the Golden Gate Bridge and then picks up again at Sausalito, and that's where the fun begins. For the next 200-plus miles, there's only one town with any kind of chain business, Fort Bragg. The only stretches that have traffic lights are in Fort Bragg. This is a road where going slow isn't because of traffic lights on traffic, but because in most places the road is a snake, an angry, writhing snake. Then my lovely road ends at Leggett, where it rejoins the 101. I've stayed so often at the top of the road above Muir Beach, the only flat and straight section returning in the morning to the Sausalito area, that sometimes I forget how treacherous and seemingly endless the road down to Stinson Beach is, and how quickly you pass through the town before driving along the Bolinas Lagoon. Passing the lagoon, there's a road leading off to the left, with no indication that it leads to Bolinas, where the locals are rather upset about losing their post office, and people come from miles around to sample the surf, wander through the town, stop at Smiley's Saloon on the Wharf Road, which eventually ends where the lagoon meets the beach, where the deep tidal breath inhales and exhales twice a day. Bolinas is like a breath of fresh air, an island in time, isolated in space. It weaves its own reality and destiny. In all the times I've driven through Marshall, I've never stopped for oysters for reasons I've never understood. I pass the town, and perhaps a half hour later I think about oysters, but by then it's too late. I've already passed the Keys Creek fishing area where I've launched my kayak several times, once almost getting stuck in the mud as the creek meets Tamales Bay, my quest's goal being to get to Hog Island, a destination where landing is no longer permitted. Point Reyes Station is a small town at the junction where the Point Reyes National Seashore leads off to Drake's Bay, Tamales Point, and lots of wonderful places to explore, to wander, and to make you realize that so much of California is open and semi-wild. The town of Tamales, no more than 200 people, has the distinction of being on one of the few straight sections of Highway 1. The only times I've stopped there were to get coffee and a snack at the Route 1 Bakery, the only place I've seen people gathered. I guess if I had to describe the town with one word, it would be bucolic. The church seems neglected, and I can't recall seeing cars in front of the two places to stay. But the town still hangs on, becoming more charming with each visit, beckoning as I roll down the wind-blown grass-covered hill leading into the town and seemingly back many decades. Bodega Bay is an interesting town with fishing restaurants over the water, a road that leads around to Bodega Head, and several miles of wind-swept trails high above powerful waves that break along the coast. It is also worth paddling a kayak, if for no other reason than to see the town from a different perspective, to get a deeper look at the charm of the town, a town made famous by Hitchcock's The Birds. From Bodega Bay to Jenner is one long series of state beaches ending at Goat Rock, a place I've wandered often. 
a place where one can walk the beach to the mouth of the Russian River along the wide expanse of water that flows daily in and out of the narrow connection to the ocean and the maze of sea stacks just offshore, a place where sea lions congregate to rest, and one they've claimed as their own. I've stayed at the Jenner Inn and River's End, and I have warm memories of both, one alone and one with a girlfriend. After Jenner, there's another stretch of wild road, a road that twists, climbs, and drops, and hits the traveler with incredible views of both the wild Pacific and the peaks of the valley's inland. The ridge drops sharply, hundreds of feet, to the ocean on one side and down to a deep wooded valley inland. Somewhere in that wild area, there's a winery which I've never visited. This stretch of road seems somehow untamed, and the road seems very much an afterthought. Then civilization emerges again at Fort Ross, a state park worth spending some time, being reminded that once the Russians controlled this section of the coast. The drive along Fort Ross is charming and inviting, past Salt Point and Cruz Rodeteron state parks. There are places where one can park and hike either up the bluffs or up a trail to the pygmy forest. It's a relaxing section with a few places to stop and to get a beer, a snack, a coffee, a brief exchange with someone along the side of the road before driving through Sea Ranch. Sea Ranch is about eight rather straight miles with a few places a non-resident can park, pay and take a walk to the beach. And then the road crosses to the Walala River, the town of Walala, with the charming little sea trader New Age store and onto the most winding scenic miles of the highway along the Mendanoma coast, a section of coast so very hard to reach that it's never developed beyond the few businesses along the road. California, without the fast food chains, the coffee chains, the strip malls, the corporate drugstores, the supermarkets, the endless sameness of our major roads. Even Sea Ranch is set up so the houses are back in the forest, not close together, not looking like a development. And then the Mendanoma coast ends at Highway 128, a major road connecting to the 101 and the Anderson Valley with some of the best wines in the state, and it follows the Navarro River down the coast. Point Arena holds a special memory for me. A few years ago, the last section of coast between the cove and the lighthouse was finally purchased and added to the California Coastal National Monument, the only section actually on shore. And after a talk by then-Secretary of the Interior, Sally Rafi Jewell, we hiked that section, felt the air rush up from the blowholes, and installed signs for future visitors. Memories of Point Arena include a meal and a beer in the restaurant at the Cove, the idea of someday kayaking along the shore, and the night I stayed at the B. Bryan Preserve, where a couple have established a place for African hoofed animals, a place one can visit and stay. The Mendocino Coast is one of my favorite places. I've kayaked the Navarro, Albion, Big and Noyo rivers, along with most of the coves and bays, and I've stayed in several places in Fort Bragg, but not in Mendocino, not being into paying more for quaintness. I have books in Fort Bragg, and used to have them in Mendocino, but that rather slipped away like so many other things. A picture I still enjoy looking at is one of me, taken through a sea arch off Mendocino, taken by a friend who's no longer sharing adventures with me. Warm memories of good times, good adventures, good friends, 
We treasure for a time, and then we move on to something new, something different, maybe better, maybe not. Eating dinner and having wine at Silver's in the Fort Bragg Harbor, looking out the window and remembering when I paddled past the restaurant and headed out of the harbor. These images juxtaposed, one of action, movement, and the other of indulgence. We're at our best when we move back and forth from pushing the envelope to treating ourselves to sampling life and the many flavors offered to us. Beyond Fort Bragg, there's little except for the little town of Westport, Pacific Star Winery in Blues Beach, a place I used to camp at for free, partly with strangers and enjoy the peace and quiet until inconsiderate people trashed it and caused the powers that be to close it for camping. A few miles past Blues, and the several state campgrounds, the highway turns away from the coast for 18 miles of redwoods and winding roads before merging with the U.S. 101 at Leggett. If it hasn't rained for a few months, and if you're feeling adventurous, take off on Usel Road for five frightening miles to the Usel Beach Campground. Drive further only if you love risky adventure. I suspect at least one full book could be written about this section of coast a section I usually take by choice. However, ironically, I took it not by choice not long ago because 101 was closed due to fire. I was in a hurry to get home, but like the rest of the traffic, I had to wind down the coast, pass through Fort Bragg and Mendocino and up the 128, where in the middle of the afternoon, thanks to fire, I could hardly see the signs for the wineries and had to run my lights to stave off the dark.' 